This is the Spa Retailer Podcast, where we talk retail, business, and all things related to the hot tip industry. I'm your host, Megan Kendrick, owner of Spa Retailer Magazine. On the Spa Retailer Podcast today, we have Mallory Bacek-Wachowski. Mallory, thank you for joining us today. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me. So Mallory has been in the industry for a long time and has recently started her own, would we call it a consulting kind of firm, training firm? Consulting and training. Yeah, Yeah. that's mainly what we focus on. Yeah. For some reason, when I first started it, the consulting thing just didn't feel like exactly how I wanted to describe it, but it's pretty accurate. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. I feel like quote unquote consulting firms are a weird thing. (laughs) It's like a weird vibe. They're like, oh... Okay. Yeah, exactly. So I can understand. But yeah, no, that's exactly what that sounds like exactly what you're doing. So you go out and visit retailers in the pool and hot tub industry and help them figure things out, whatever right. kind of issues they feel like they need help with, right? Yep, exactly. So it's really needs based, right? So someone might come to us and say, I'm having this problem. And what actually happens most, most often is just through general networking someone will bring up a problem and me being the person that I am, I'll be like, I have some ideas (laughs) to help you with that. And then we can build pretty much anything. Jane and is my business partner, Jane Merritt. And I do a lot of brainstorming beforehand, giving people an idea of what we're thinking, but we're pretty upfront. If there's something that we don't think that we can do, we of course will recommend that they kind of network with people we know. So that's one of the things that, yeah, we're really passionate about is networking. So if we feel like, okay, like someone came to us and said that they had some marketing needs that I knew I could recommend someone else to get them the information they need. And if at that point, I would rather them work with someone that really knows what they're doing with that. Not that I don't, but it's definitely not my specialty. Right. But we do everything. Training is the big part of it. And as most of us know, training is just an ongoing thing. So Mm -hmm. if we're trying to grow our businesses, we're constantly training and even having five minute breakout sessions. And so I can get pretty involved in someone's company because I usually get pretty obsessed with a project once I take it on. And Jane as well. We're so grateful that we've had just dealers welcome us with open arms. It's been amazing. It's pretty unusual to have someone offer those kinds of services who who comes from inside the industry. And sometimes I think it's good to get an outside view, but there's also something to be said for sure for having someone who has been there, done that, and has sat in your seat and knows what that feels like. It doesn't matter where they come from. Any outside perspective on your business is usually good to have, right? Like you need someone who is outside of the circle who can say, who can be like, that just maybe isn't the best way to do something. So you just get so, you just get tunnel vision sometimes. Oh, absolutely. And just some of the dealers that we've been working with, like one in particular who I actually also work for all seasons part-time as a business development manager. So working there, yeah. sometimes when we're having conversations, some of my coworkers will be like, you know what? It's so weird that you said that I know better. We should be doing that. Yeah. But they, you just get stuck in what you were used to. And mm-hmm. they have been just wonderful because they just said, come on in and see what you can 
teach us. And I yeah. learned so much from them and they learned so much from me, but I don't do well not being busy. So I think that was like, okay, let's just take that on too. Like at first when Toolbox started, of course, it's been super busy, but at, yeah. at first I was just, I don't, but yeah, seeing something from the outside, also, we all have different experiences. So certain dealers might focus more on spas mm-hmm. and some might focus more on chemicals, depending on where their revenue is. And We can always increase those great revenue centers, but we can also start picking up and training on those ones that they're not doing so well on. So yeah. it's been interesting because Jane and I both bring such different perspectives to the table, um, which I think is really a big reason why this works because our foundation of like leadership and what we agree with training is all the same. But as far as like, she is, she actually goes out and builds pools. So Mm. she still goes and works with her team. And I can't say that I've ever done that. I was pretty pumped to go out and clean a spa or pool or something here and there just to get some field experience. But where my background is in systemizing processes and training it's just been really interesting to see how when I come to her and say, I have no idea what to do in this instance, she has a solution or vice versa. So we dived right in, but sorry, I didn't mean, I didn't mean to do that, but just, we just got going. So what is your background in the industry? You said your background is more in um, operations and systems. How did you end up in the pool and hot tub industry? It's really interesting. So like I was in college and I was running a rec, rec center. I've always, for some reason, been working around or with a pool somehow. I was on the swim team and ended up running this recreation center. And when I went away to college, they didn't have summer hours because it was an indoor facility. Mm -hmm. And so I just randomly found in the paper, a local pool and spa retailer was hiring. And um, I started my career in 2006 at DeRosha Backyard Pools. Absolutely love them. Um, They really taught me so much. Um, they are, they have three retail locations. And so I just became completely enthralled with solving pool problems, retail. They really helped support and develop me in whatever I wanted to learn. And so over time, I became the operations manager of all three of their locations. And I was super overwhelmed at first, to be completely honest with you, because it was like every day was a fire. There was something that happened that I needed to put out this fire. I started systemizing their retail operations and then over time built systems in other departments, basically on how to do everything from how to test water, how to, what your opening procedures look like. And this was like really intensive, not just here's a checklist. It was clean the windows and then the standard would say, use Windex and paper towels and do it until it's streak free. And Mm -hmm. it seems like micromanagement and it totally is. But when you build the right team, they get it and they appreciate to know the expectations. So over the years, yeah, I just, it became my way to scale. So I could focus on all these other things and not have to worry about the day to day. And you don't realize like how much like that delegation takes of your time. And as soon as that was all in place, of course, it was like a work in progress. Like I feel like I even sometimes have a system for doing everything now, but even in my personal life, it made a huge difference because then I wasn't 
playing the game where you had to be like, hey, guys, like you didn't clean today or the mm -hmm. store needs to be merchandised or you didn't order the stuff you needed for tomorrow. It was all done because it was just part of it. And over the years, people caught wind of what I was doing and had me present in different forums like in Vegas at the show and then uh, at Aquanology and some UAG conferences. People to this day will be like, oh, we started doing what you did. And I can't believe how much time it takes. So that's something that I'm actually working on for Foolbox right now is a, a virtual how-to just so that people can feel like they have a, a space to yeah. put on their own because we can do it for you at Toolbox, but it, every business is different. So it takes a lot of time and effort to learn your business before mm -hmm. you do it. So. so correct me if I'm wrong, but DeRocher's, they weren't doing a ton of hot tubs before you came on and you took that to the next level. Is that right? Yeah. Hot tubs were always, we used to celebrate. It's so funny. Like we would sell a hot tub and be like, yes, let's go out to dinner and celebrate the sale, which everybody should celebrate to some extent, but we were just not doing a lot of value. And then I think it was 2017 or 2018, my rep at the time was, are you in or are you out, girl? Ooh, and I yeah. was like, and it was like challenge accepted. And so I came up with, I like to also make these like projects and things I take on like funny. So my staff, so it's like operation sell hot tubs and <laughs> wrote this like proposal and like what we needed for the budget for the ownership. And then myself and the manager at the time, like my main manager really put all, all in and we did some social media to try to turn our, our inventory and we did it in a week. And our goal that year was to make sure that we, at the end of the year, were able to order one truckload. Like we had never been able to order on a truckload and we did it by the end of the week. And then COVID hit and it got crazy, but mm -hmm. it made us better. Had I not done that beforehand, I don't know how I could have handled that crazy. And my team was phenomenal. So yeah, it was super exciting. And I got a name drop a little bit. Scott Iverson was a huge part of supporting me through that. And yeah. it was so awesome to have somebody and my whole my rep from Watkins, which was Jason Rollins, and he's still the rep in the area. But he I couldn't have done it without them believing in me, really, because it was just like you don't even know where to start when you haven't yeah. been doing it. How many hot tub salespeople do you think Scott Iverson has created over the years? Right. I mean, uh -huh. it's got to be yeah. like Somebody I know that uh, with a dealer that I'm working with is like, oh, I get to go to my first Watkins training. And I was like, oh, I'm so excited for you. So excited. And it's just, yeah, he has such an impact on so many people. And I hope someday that I do so much like he has done that mm -hmm. even a fraction of people feel like that about me. You see this a lot where people are building pools and have a retail store to support that, right? And then they add hot tubs and they're not what they specialize in. And they really need that right. person to take it on because mm -hmm. you can't just throw a couple tubs on your floor and think you're going to be a hot tub dealership. Right. Just not, just not how it works. And so, I yeah. wish it was how it worked because everybody would just kill it, but right. it's not. Yeah. 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 It takes a lot of work. It's funny. There's a pool dealership in my area that is thinking about getting into hot tubs and, but I think they're doing it right. They are actually like, okay, what is this going to look like? Cause we, we know we have to be in the business. And so they've had, they've even had me come in a couple of times and talk to them about it and be like, okay, what does yeah. this really look like to be a successful 
retail store, hot tub retailer. So, but you don't see a lot of hot tub retailers start building pools. That's a whole different. Uh, no. <laughs> ball game. the same applies, right? It's a whole different ball game. Yeah. You know? No. But it's funny you say that because that was exactly like what my rep said when I first took on um, Caldera. They were like, there's a lot of you guys out there that build pools and have these awesome retail stores and then you mm-hmm. don't get on board. And I was like, oh, yeah, you don't know me. And then when he made me put my money where my mouth was, it was like, okay. But yeah, it's a whole different science. Operationally, it's totally something you have to consider. Like how do these not only, how do you sell them? How do you train mm-hmm. on them? But how do you price them appropriately and then make sure they get to the homeowner perfectly in one piece and then that part of it. And even if you've been doing it forever, there's always something that you could change that would make it a little bit better. And that's the beauty of trading and networking. Yeah, I thought it was interesting talking about how you have systems for everything, even at home, because I was thinking about that exact thing this weekend. I'm obsessed with systems and efficiency. And I find myself, yes, doing it at home. I have a system for how I fold laundry. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, you do these things because you're just like, how can I get this done faster and more efficiently? And I think I probably drive my team a little bit nuts because, because I am always looking for how to do something better. And so sometimes I feel like we've barely gotten a hold of the new thing before I'm like, Nope. Next new thing. This is the new, this is the new this better. And they're just yeah. like, are you joking? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And cha- that really goes to like change management is so hard, but it's like crucial. Cause if you just are like, yeah, that's all, that's how we always did it. But it's funny. I noticed myself, if you saw my house on some days, you'd be like, you don't have systems and procedures for oh, your home, same. but it's just like anything else, even within a business, those kind of fall apart every once in a while. And you're like, all right, why is that happening? Mm-hmm. But I have a system like when I, cause I travel a lot more now that I have toolbox and I almost have a system for how I like set up my hotel rooms. Like I like get there and unpack a, and I get done and I'm like, I am my father. Like my dad, we always joked when we were kids, like had a program for everything, like mm-hmm. certain weird things. And we would like make fun of them. And it's, I am my dad, but yeah. it is, we talk, Jane and I talk about it all the time because she doesn't have any of her systems and procedures documented really. But she has really long-term staff that they all know what they're doing and they communicate well. And so it's, she's, I don't need systems and procedures. I'm like, you have systems and procedures. It's just embedded in your culture. You know what I mean? So it just, it depends. But she, she has the best company culture I've ever seen. So that is probably what speaks to that. Yeah. Do you feel like for a retailer who is feeling stuck or really wants to take that next step in growth, maybe at a location, do you think that writing down those systems and putting that together is the first step that they need to take? I can't imagine like having to add five or six new employees for a new location and not having something to give them to get started. So Yeah, I do think it's one of the first things. So you have to get your legs up under you to make sure that it's going to be successful. Because if you get caught off guard with the logistics or the operations part of it, you'll just see a huge decrease in morale, in my opinion, because then they feel like, oh, this is so unorganized. I can't even predict what the next step is or how this is going to work. So the three stores that um, I worked in were established, but just as they grew, things changed. So even like I would have to, in the wintertime, sometimes think of, or on the fly, 
but think of, okay, so if they grew 10%, what does that look like? Do I need more delivery people? Do I need more time? Do they need to come more often? Do I need to order differently? I definitely had a system and procedure for ordering for every product line, which makes me sound like just such a weirdo, but it, it does make a difference because we have in the North, you have literally 12 weeks and every single second counts. So being out of something is crucial and that's across the country, but spas in particular, those you have to really forecast and order the right way because you have to have a plan and how that looks on your floor. So adding locations that are going to have spas are even more crucial and knowing that you have somebody. I I truly think that if you're going to start a new location, having your veteran team there in some capacity is crucial too, so that they can help embed that new staff with your culture and your systems and procedures and so forth. Yeah. And I I think everybody, maybe not everybody, but I know I have started jobs before where you show up on the first day and have nothing to do. And you're and you want to feel you want to feel like you're you want to make a good first impression. You want to start off strong. You want to get in there and do the thing and you show up and you're so what do I do now? <laughs> and then you're like constantly bothering your boss. Hey, what can I do next? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That is something that like our new hire trainings, we have a new hire chemical training for a retail associate and we're working on some other ones too for service and maintenance. And we we actually really thought about that because we basically set them up for, here's what you would do with your downtime on your first day. So even if the owner never watched that, they're going to be impressed because they're going to be like, wow, that person thought of stocking the shelves or facing the product without being asked or told. Right. We also taught them how to make sure that they don't look not busy when a customer comes in, being helpful to their coworker, grabbing the bag that they use. If it's in a, a sales setting where you you were just hired as the sale per, salesperson, let's say for a hot tub, saunas, anything to follow and shadow that person in a, an appropriate way so that yeah. they're not really on top of them. But yeah, giving them those tools from day one. And one of the things we did is we did it from my perspective, Jane's perspective, and then some other people that we had both worked with that were managers so that they could say, hey, I managed a store and this would have been really great on my first day. Mm -hmm. And working in those, like in stores this summer and watching the new hires come out from doing that training was probably the most rewarding thing because it worked. And it was like, we did it. They were like confident. They didn't feel lost like that. Like I want to make a contribution and here I am. Yeah. And I love how you tie that back to uh, company culture and morale, right? Because people want to feel empowered and they want to feel like they have ownership in what they're doing. And even though it's sometimes hard as a boss to set expectations and boundaries and then hold people accountable. That's what they, that's truly what they want. They want to know like, what am I supposed to do? What happens if I do it wrong? Like they, they want to know those things. The unknowns are what cause stress. So the most, the better that you can outline those things, the easier it is for someone to step in and feel like you said, confident in doing their job. And a part of the team, because if they feel like they're not pulling their weight, if that's not addressed, fairly quickly, they will feel like, uh, I don't know that I'm making enough of a contribution to warrant me being here. And nobody, you don't, no one intentionally makes that happen, right? No leader in a company is, oh, I'm just going to wait and see what happens. But 
we're busy. So mm-hmm. if it's not outlined and done in a way that you're doing it the same way for everyone, it can get lost. Clearly, I had a, I have a system and procedure for training, and that is in our new hire training is at the end, it's called train the trainer. And it's just so that I really always wanted to know that I gave them all the tools because I felt Mm -hmm. like that was my ultimate job was to make sure that anybody that worked with me felt like they were given all the resources that they could. And if they didn't have those resources, it was my commitment to them to make sure that I provided them as soon as I could. Yeah, it is. It is so hard bringing on a new person. And if you don't have a system, it just, to be be perfectly honest, we do not have a system for bringing on new people and we don't have to do it very often, fortunately. But when we have, it's, I feel like no matter how much I prepare, there's always something that I have forgotten. No matter, no matter how much I think I've got this together or how well I think I've explained something, like there's always a whole that I did not think about. And it's just, and if you don't have a person who feels comfortable enough saying to their boss, like, Hey, I don't know how to do this. Or, Hey, you never gave me that login that you said you were going to like things just (laughs) stop. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And this has actually come up in a couple of the companies that we're working with. And it's been interesting. It's actually pretty rewarding for us at toolbox, but we're training people and we're outside of work. We become part of their team in some ways, but we're outside enough where if they feel like they didn't get the resources, they bring it up to us. And it's when we address it more, hey, things get busy, let, we'll help you get that or whatever you need. But it's this different open communication that I think is super valuable to the dealer and to the employee because yeah, we're not their boss. So they're, hey, Megan forgot to give me that login. And we're like, oh, we'll send a quick email and we'll get that for you. And mm-hmm. so it's not as uncomfortable to come to us, I've noticed. Which... Kind of you, so you end up being an intermediary between the new hire and their like direct report. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So like we, we build like good working relationships with their management team, but I, I noticed that happens a little bit. And honestly, even at all seasons, I've noticed it a little bit because I'm, that's part of what I'm doing is training and I'll train someone and then I'll be like, Hey, like, how's it going? And they're like, it's going great, but I'm still lost on this one thing where I can't say that even when I was training, people were that open with me. So I, it's sometimes I wonder if there needs to be that intermediary person in someone's mm-hmm. business. I don't know if that's feasible, but right. something to give them a space to be like, I'm lost and I'm embarrassed to tell you. Sure. Yes. Yeah. I think that's such a great point because that is what it is, right? Is that embarrassment? Depending on kind of what your personality type is, I am the type of personality that wants to know everything. And if I don't, I want you to think I know everything. (laughs) (laughs) So so yeah. We are the same. Yes. So admitting that I admitting that I don't know how to do something or don't understand something is a tough thing for me to do sometimes. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And think about it. You're at this new job and you want so badly to do a good Mm -hmm. job and your boss has trained you on these things, but you're still lost. And there's someone out there to be like, Hey, I'm lost. and I have no idea what to do about it. Mm -hmm. And it's not even that as, as toolbox that it's not like we go to the manager and say, oh, they don't know what they're doing. We're just more or less, hey, we're going to focus a little bit more on this. We have some questions too. Let's work it out together. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't even need need to be said like where it came from. And that is a solution that can happen in any business that doesn't necessarily, I'm, I'm selling myself short here. It doesn't necessarily have to be toolbox, but I am noticing it. It's a huge, huge value to have that like relationship, I think going up. 
Yeah. So I know your customers all come to you probably for different reasons with different issues. They have different needs. But when you go into a business, what are some of the common things that you're seeing that are problems or things that they are asking you or needing to be corrected or fixed or get fresh eyes on? Most often what we've been doing is, it it is custom, but we are looking at what operations are maybe not as efficient as they should be Mm -hmm. uh, and then systemizing those. And in turn, when you systemize a business and you have to create buy it, right? So any change that you make in a company, you have to go through the change management phase, which is so much fun, but you have to create buy-in. So a lot of team building actually is yeah. what we've ended up doing is showing them ways to on the daily, get your team involved in different things, which I've always been very passionate about in every position I've been in. I really wanted whatever person worked for me, I wanted them to walk away and be like, she made a difference for me. And I still do the same in toolbox, but for the most part, it's operations and training. So going through and figuring out, okay, that we asked that, what's your pain points? What is something that you get asked all day, every day, or too often, maybe if it's not all day, every day, often enough to be like, oh, that one drives me crazy. You know, like when you're working in a retail environment, and this was like for me when I started systemizing, I wanted to do returns because I would get like someone would come back and be like, can I return this? And I would Mm -hmm. be like, yeah. And then I realized I wasn't explaining why. Okay, that qualifies because blah, blah, blah. So those kind of things like that one is probably the most interesting one because everybody does it different. And then the other one that I see a lot of is mm-hmm. how do we process warranty, especially with brands, because everybody does it differently. Yep. And so who's responsible for that? How do we do it? How does then the service department handle it? At what time frame? How do we communicate to our customers? Just like elevating that customer experience mm-hmm. by having ourselves really on top of those processes. But yeah, it's been a like a ton of different things, though, like some of one of our customers needed us just to merchandise their store, which Jane is like amazing at. Yeah. And she like redoes her store like pretty, pretty often. So that was super exciting. But for the most part, people just wanted outside perspective and a, hey, you could try Mm -hmm. this. We started a couple of like early buy sales for customers. And one of them really just wanted us to do some sales training, which was, is my favorite. I love training people how to solve things, yeah. specifically hot tubs. I love, like I said, I want to be Scott Iverson someday. So that's really interesting about warranties and returns. And that makes a lot of sense. That would be, it, that's, it's a pain point for any business in general, but right. especially for every situation is a little bit different. And yeah, you don't, that's something I can see you constantly having to ask your boss about. They want to return this. Can they return this? Is it still under warranty? Warranties, I feel like in the hot tub industry in particular, are difficult, right? Like we're talking, they're big products. Definitely don't want to have to go out and pick it up and bring it back. All of those (laughs) things. The warranty rates provided by the manufacturers are typically low and lower than what you end up spending to make it right for that customer. And so it's tough. And I can imagine not having a system would make it even more difficult. Yeah. Without a system, it's pretty chaotic. For hot tubs in general, if you have retailers that sell multiple brands and you have to really know that it in and out. But from a systemizing or a systems and procedures perspective, you really have to think about, can I make this somewhat black and white, 
right? Can I make it? So here someone has a problem, they call in, it goes to this department or this person, and then there's a process from there. That is a big thing is I always wanted it to look like my systems and procedures to be clear enough that my 10-year-old daughter can do it. Yeah. If she can do it or to some degree, it it will, it should be fine. So, it, but there's so much gray area. So mm-hmm. you have to really have that initial point of contact be something easy enough to be like, okay, now this goes to service, but that service person has to have the knowledge to then work through every aspect of that. But um, yeah, it can be huge. I know like anytime someone called me and they were under warranty, I was like, oh, but I thankfully the roasters, they have an exceptional service department. So it really, that part of it didn't fall on me. It was just more Mm -hmm. making sure that I put all of the processes in place to get it there. Yeah. I think something that people fail to see sometimes too, is that these systems actually translate to real dollars sometimes too, right? Yes. It mm-hmm. saves time. You can get more done in a day. You can pinpoint areas where you're losing money unnecessarily and fix that. I think it's hard sometimes as a business owner to see that in the big picture because it's it can feel a little bit like unnecessary busy work putting this stuff together. But right. at the end of the day, it is. It does end up saving you time and money. I wish it was something that was easier to, to quantify because then I think more people would probably do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it is so much. One of my friends, she always like talks about her, her like processes as a living document. So it's constantly changing. Like yeah. you said, like you get one thing in place and you're like, yeah, no, we're not going to do it like that. Anymore. Oh, yeah. Which I really so, need to go back and update ours because we are like we're two systems ahead of what's written down. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And that's normal too, but you have to have that time and make that time and it's hard. Mm -hmm. I can remember looking back at some of my systems in the end of 21 after COVID hit and it was just like, I have so much work to do just documenting the changes that we made because Mm -hmm. those times were just like, hey, I'm going to throw myself in front of a camera and be like, hey guys, we're going to do it like this and share it. Yeah. Because when you have such a big team to cover, Mm-hmm. You needed to get that information out fast and it needed to be. In yeah. That. And it was cha- And like you said, it was just, it was rapidly changing. There was no way you could keep up with that. I talked to somebody in a couple of weeks ago and they're talking about how they went through probably like 10 or 15 different iterations of their operations manual in that time period. It was like, it just felt mm-hmm. every day they woke up and they had to change something. And it was just, they just, you just got to roll with it. Like you should have just had the document that was like, okay, we amended this. Yeah. It really was wild. And you didn't know what was coming next and especially with hot tubs like it was like a hour by hour thing where you were like yeah we're not gonna get any or we're gonna get one or i have them on order and they might come Mm -hmm. and bravo to the manufacturers because i really think they did the best that they could in that situation yeah and i will say that i was just thinking about this today because i'm planning a sales training for a client right now and I feel like in some ways, certain, certain dealers, like the ones that we were talking about that build pools and then they have hot tubs, like they got such good experience out of that because at some point they got flooded with people Mm -hmm. saying, I Mm -hmm. want a hot tub. And that was not the norm. So they got more training and it's now we need to build on that. Like, where does that go? Like they're selling tubs and stuff now, but it's, we can do that again. Like they saw the opportunity in the, what could be right. And it's really interesting to see some of them just like use that as a, a jumping point and then get on top of 
sales training because yeah. if anybody, there are so many better salespeople out there than me. I'm never going to claim that I'm the best, but I do think that I'm so obsessed with it that I probably will bring some value. So if anybody wants a sales <laughs> training, give me a call because that is like my favorite. And I, I that's all of a sudden in the middle of my career, I was like, yeah, I'm going to go back to school. And there was a sales and sales management bachelor's degree. And I'm like, duh. And I learned so much, like so much about the sales process as it pertains to other businesses. Mm -hmm. So that you can then navigate like why people do things. Like I even sat in the class and was like, I learned some of this from Scotty. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. Mm -hmm. He's He's a genius, but it was like, I could see how it fit in. If you were a rep, I could see how, if it fit in, if you were toolbox or whoever, it's very, and clearly yeah. I can't stop talking about it. So it's, it was a big part of. Yeah. You know, but let, well, let's talk about training a little bit. I get frustrated because I feel like we have tried to write a lot of stories about training <laughs> and the importance of training and all of these things. And I, it's not something that people want to admit that they're not good at. <laughs> but I think that it is something that is probably not being done enough across our industry. And I think that yeah. we just are in, I think most of us, most business owners are in denial of it, honestly. <laughs> what would the perfect training program in a hot tub retail store look like? This is the Spa Retailer Podcast, where we talk retail, business, and all things related to the hot tub industry. I'm your host, Megan Kendrick, owner of Spa Retailer Magazine. Do you think? So I've seen it done a bunch of different ways. And personally, I think I think that everybody should be trained to do, I, I really truly believe in cross-training. So I think someone starting and really just knowing how to do the retail counter in some capacity is super helpful mm -hmm. because they get the flow of the business then. And then I think shadowing works really well. But I also think that as trainers and leaders in our, in a business, you need to remember that people only remember about 20% of what you present to them. Mm -hmm. So I think that training program needs to be in small doses. Some of it needs to be face-to-face -face, and some of it needs to be uh, like video. I know there's manufacturers out there that have wonderful video programs, but that mm -hmm. on its, in itself cannot live on its own. So I think that having some a system on how what that looks like each day let's say they do an hour of video content and then you work with them for 15, 20 minutes on, on something specific that was related to that video content mm -hmm. and then move, build on their skills. So really, I think when you look at um, selling, a lot of it is I've read books that they say 80% of whether you're going to make that sale or not is if someone likes you. Yeah. So learning how to be comfortable in these mm -hmm. communications is key. And that's why I truly believe teaching them the counter and understanding what that looks like is a huge step in the right direction because then they yeah. understand the industry. And then I think that, I think even our veteran salespeople need weekly training. I was just talking to 
a customer of mine about how we always make a big deal out of, okay, we need to have a training, right? But your all day, every day should be coaching and training. So mm -hmm. it should be like, hey, awesome job on that sale. Let's replay, replay the call is a big part of when you really truly get down to the sales process. So they walk you through what happened and you listen and then congratulate them on the things they did great. And then do the wonderful compliment sandwich, which I'm super good at. I'm like, oh, you did awesome. But next time try to do this. And then the compliment again, sandwich. you did really good. I follow a lot of like leadership and sales people on social media. And I just heard someone say that if you're only coaching in the times where something goes wrong, your employees start to fear you or mm -hmm. avoid you. But if you're constantly giving feedback, positive and negative every day, they're they're going to actually look forward to hearing from you because you might throw them a compliment sandwich. So yeah. I would say the majority of my coaching was positive and some of it wasn't. I can't say that I'm perfect and didn't get like frustrated every once in a while. If I do notice that too, is people expect when I come to them to be like, you're, you're amazing. I'm so proud of you. But also, hey, you can take it to the next level. Let's talk about what that looks like. Right. And they value that feedback. And I'm a big supporter of, I don't know if you follow Gary Vee, but he talks about like how your goal as a leader is to basically you're working for your staff and you are the driving force to figuring out what they need and then training upon it or providing that. Yeah. It's working because, and this is just a little personal tidbit, because my daughter who's 10, her coach grabbed me yesterday after her competition her cheer and said, Hey, I just got to tell you right before or right after warmups, she gathered the whole team and said, let's all say something positive that we need to remember for our performance Aww. and got them all riled up. And I was like, I don't think I've ever been more proud of my that's kids. So, that's um, pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah. And all of, she goes to work with me. I'm like, it was, she saw something mm -hmm. that I did and applied it to her life, which I was like, yeah, they're watching you. <laughs> yeah, they really are. And I was like, yeah. well, at least it was a good uh, thing. <laughs> at least she but didn't swear today or something. It's, it's funny that you bring up kids because as you're talking about a lot of it, as I was thinking, it's really a lot like parenting, which it I'm, is. you know what, that can sound like a negative thing, but mm -hmm. it's really not. It's because it's with parenting, as with employees, you need to give them expectations, <laughs> you need to hold yeah. them accountable. And yep. positive reinforcement works a lot better than yelling at them when they still haven't picked up their toys. It's just <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. And you're like, oh, you picked up two. Okay, keep going. You yeah, know? precisely. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's it. There are a lot of parallels, but and like you, but like your daughter, parallels that you can apply in many different parts of your life. Just yeah. it's just how relationships work. And I think too, when you talk about making sure that your veteran people get training as well. I think we as humans, we want to be learning new things like that. That continual learning process keeps you invigorated and excited about your job and about what you're doing. And and even if you don't feel like you need it, even if you're the winning the top gun for an entire manufacturing company, the more you learn and the more you work on it, just the better you get. And also the more, the better you feel about yourself as you're doing it. A hundred percent. Yeah. And so even me, I went to a Watkins training recently and I sat there and thought of all the habits that I have gotten into that are probably hindering me from selling 
stuff. Because I'm still, when I work in a store, I'll, I will jump on their sales floor if they want me to. Let's be real. Like any, when you own a business, you are a salesperson, whether you want to be yes. or not. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it never, It never stops. It never stops. <laughs> yes. And you just sit there and you're like, wow, okay. It's always enlightening to see yourself in that mirror like that. Like when you're listening, if you're good at self reflection, criticizing, and yeah. I'm super good at that, but yeah, it's just everybody could, even as a business owner, if you've been doing this for 30 years, there's always something new. And one thing that I've seen coming through in different trainings through different manufacturers is they're talking about selling to different generations, which is huge. Yeah. So even if you've been selling for 30 years, there's a whole new generation of buyers now and they buy differently yeah. and they need to be sold to in a different way. And we all need some guidance on that too. Yeah. Talking about what did you say? 80% of people buy because they like you. That really stresses me out. <laughs> you should. It should not stress you out. It, it does though. I, I said to a friend a couple, I don't know. I feel like it was, it was about a year ago. I was at a show and I was like, do you know how exhausting it is to feel like yes. the entire success of our business depends on people liking me? <laughs> it's like, yeah. That's exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. And that you have to be like on top of your game. Like yeah. those shows are really stressful, like as a an owner now of, of a business now, because even me, I was like, last year was my first year as Toolbox at yeah. the national show. And I was like, I have to be like on it all the time where before it was, let's go, I don't know, have some drinks and do this. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just a different experience, which I love it. But yeah. it's, I can see what you, what you mean, but I wouldn't worry about that. It's <laughs> no, you, you shouldn't. You, you shouldn't worry about very that. well liked. <laughs> no, it's definitely, but you think about it, right? And yeah. it can be a little hard, man. I didn't mean for this to turn into therapy, but it can be a little hard because <laughs> it feels, it's hard not to see every, every interaction as transactional. And yeah. I'm like, it's, I don't want to yes. be talking to you thinking about what can I get from you, but I end up doing it yeah. anyway. And it's, I'm sorry, I do value you as a person, I promise. Right. I know exactly what you mean. Because <laughs> it's different too for me. Like I had all these, I have all these connections and it's before it was just like, hey, what are you doing that's new in your business? And, da -da -da -da. and now it's, oh, I have this company and we might be able to help you. And it's, I, I have to turn it off sometimes because I'm I, like, I don't want them to feel like I'm like, buy something from me no but it is really hard and it can people. be really awkward when you have to turn to your your friends people you've known yeah. for. i've been in this industry for what 15 16 years at this point yes. and be like oh by the way i know we're friends but i need you to do i need you to spend money yes. <laughs> really weird thing exactly. like it's hard enough to yeah. do strangers and it's but then to turn around and be like hey i know we're friends but let's put some let's how good of friends are yeah we? yeah <laughs> like how are we gonna work this out no i know exactly what you mean because jane and i are always like when we go to bid a contract or whatever we're, we're like thinking like that and it's so it, it's a whole different sales process too because you follow up differently with someone that you know so you're like you just your process changes and yeah. i love it but it is like this whole new world where you're like okay what, what now? yeah exactly so we've talked about systems and processes, getting things written down. We've talked about talked about training. You talked about shadowing. That sounds like a good idea, but I feel like in practice is pretty difficult to do because you're asking someone who usually is not trained to train people to like to train somebody while they're working at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So the way that I think shadowing works the best is them watching 
you do it. So you as the leader, manager, sales manager, ideally they can watch other people. But I think like just having them point out the things afterwards to the manager, let's say it were me and they shadowed another manager of mine. And then they came to me and been like, oh, why would they have done this? So I don't necessarily think the person that's being shadowed needs to train, but it gives them an opportunity to watch how it rolls. Really should be someone pretty experienced that they're shadowing just so that they're not feeling like under the gut. So like anybody, if I went out on the sales floor and started selling a hot tub, I wanted my entire, and my stores weren't gigantic. So I expected them to all be in the sales area, like keeping busy so that they could hear what was going on and not necessarily stand right next to me. Got it. Um, so it's not because... like when you're in a restaurant and you've got the server and they've got the server in training and looking over their shoulder. No. <laughs> not, quite, no, not quite like no. that. All right. No, no. <laughs> but one thing I do think, and I always go back to my friend, Jerry ended up working for me for about four or five years and he started on May 15th. And I'm telling you anything in that store, he had no idea. He had never been in the industry. But he was comfortable enough with me that he did shadow me. And Megan, when I tell you, I had no time to train this guy. I, it was like crazy. But yeah. he shadowed me and was just like constantly my right-hand person. Hey, go grab this. Go do this. And he picked up on a lot. Yeah. And what I noticed is then he spoke like me. Like he, the way he worded things was the way I would have wanted it to. Mm-hmm. So there is value in that. But like I said, it has to be an experienced person because... I was doing it all, all the way I wanted it to be done for the most part. Every once in a while, I'd be like, don't, don't pay attention to what I just did there. That was not normal. <laughs> Here's a free bottle of Alpers. That's right. Not, yeah. Um, please don't give away free stuff. I'm the only yeah, one. <laughs> but he learned a lot. And that actually is a huge part of like our new buyer training is we talk about how important it is to listen to what they're saying and why and ask questions afterwards. So like encouraging them to be like, hey, so my favorite part of training new people was like the five minute huddle is just, like, hey, okay, everybody's out of the store. We have five minutes. If that, let's talk about that last customer that was in here. Were you guys listening? Because this is why I did what I did. And they were all like, wow. And then even later down the road, like during the day, they'd be like, can I ask you a question about why you added that chemical or why you did it that way? And I'd be like, sure. Yeah. And that's super powerful. Like It doesn't have to be big and run out. It can be all day, every day. Yeah. I love what you said earlier too. You're talking about your friend starting when things were crazy. And that kind of got me thinking, there's this whole sort of, people talk to me about this a lot. There's all these people who started in the industry during the pandemic. And so they have no idea what it's really like to have to go through that full sales cycle that doesn't last 15 minutes, that can last (laughs) six months to get someone to finally buy from you. And and it's, I, I like your perspective from what you said earlier about how people are, have taken that, that time in the industry when things were crazy and are building on that because I, a lot of the narrative that I hear right now is that everyone got lazy and they just, cause they didn't have to sell anymore. And so they didn't. And so I like your perspective of, no, there are actually people out there who are using that period to, to make their business better and to continue that growth trajectory. Because I, cause I talked to some dealers and they are still having some of their best months now. Yeah. Now, yeah. right now, I've not COVID. They're yeah. right now. They are yeah. still selling more mm-hmm. hot tubs than they did a year ago or two years ago. And so I just yeah. it's very encouraging to hear that. And also it's just a good reminder that it's possible. Like it's it, exactly. 
yeah the possibilities <laughs> like that was what like operation sell hot tubs like that whole thing where that launch i needed to show myself and the owners of the business like this is possible we can mm -hmm. do this and i think yeah covid did that but i think the dealers that have new employees that started in covid i get it like i've seen it in different businesses now mm -hmm. that i've been traveling and they definitely the salespeople don't really quite know what they're in for but mm -hmm. and i know you're gonna get tired of me saying this but it goes back to systems because if you said here's your follow-up process and you're gonna follow it and it's gonna look different than it did before because yeah before you could be like i have this one or i have this one coming in and the customer would be like sold done there right. was no negotiating there was no it was just like i want a hot tub and i will pay the price so I think that kind of goes along with that whole like coaching aspect, because if you then are watching those employees knowing that they're going to have a different experience than your veterans who understand that this is normal, mm -hmm. you're going to be one of those dealers that's growing because that person just needs their hand held through a six month sales process mm -hmm. to see like it was worth it because there is an opportunity for them to be like, I'm not doing something right, or this isn't working and to give up on those leads. And as we know, that's not how it works. Yeah. And having that like personal touch, I think is huge. Like we're teaching that some of the things that you hear in trainings are just networking where we pull something out of a conversation and then deliver on it as a surprise and delight. One of my friends told me about a time where a customer said that her kids were really into comic books and I don't know how it came up and she like shipped them a comic book. And of course they bought from her. So that's normal for her. She's awesome. And like teaching them those things can make a huge difference for the whole business. Because if one salesperson starts doing that, sees the return, yes. they're all going to start doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Man, that personal touch every time. Mm -hmm. that, that's what it does it. Mm -hmm. We were talking recently about some ways that we could automate and systemize our sales process a little bit better yeah. because all the follow-ups and everything, it takes time. We're yeah. not large, all of that. Yep. But, but yeah, we keep getting stuck because what works is the personal touch, right? You can't send out just an automated email every month because you will not get any response for that. You get the response when you talk about the new products they have coming out. When you talk about how did their kids' soccer tournament go? That's the right. Those are the things that that's make the it stuff that works. People. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, that's something that that's something that we're thinking through. But yeah, but, I mean, it makes sense. But even having a template of ninety percent of what you want to yep. say, and then throwing in that one thing, yeah, makes a huge difference. Because yes. I'm always hesitant when I'm helping other people systemize, like. Podium's really big and um, mm -hmm. using Podium templates are like magic, right? But I also hesitate to be like, totally rely on that because I am such a big supporter of that personal touch. Yeah. Training them to be like, you got to add something so it doesn't sound everybody got this email. You've talked about networking a little bit and I am on the WAVE steering committee for the PHTA. And I think anytime I speak on behalf of WAVE for anything, I always talk about networking. And I think people are probably tired of hearing me say that, but it's just so important. And I it get is. I get a little frustrated because we'll go to these WAVE events and it's the perfect time to network and meet your peers and colleagues mm -hmm. and people who are in the same same point in their career that you are. And mm -hmm. everyone just silos themselves with the one or two people that they yeah. know. And they sit at those tables and they don't move. And it's, it's hard. And I... It is hard. I hate starting up random conversation, uh, like basically cold calling, right? Someone I hate right. it so much, 
But man, those relationships are so key as you move on in your career. Like having that, it is having those people you can call, having that support, just knowing that there's somebody like on your side. Yep, <laughs> so and that's going through hurts. something that's like exactly the same. Like they're either in leadership or the business in general is just, they understand, but it is hard. But I will say that I would not be where I am today had I not networked. Yeah, Jane and I met at a multiple things over the years and blossomed this friendship that was like, hey, I'm going to call you pretty often and be like, either talk about things that we needed to do or that I wanted to implement. She would be like a cheerleader. Yeah. COVID, if I wouldn't have had network people to network with in that time, there were yeah. people I was calling and just being like, should I be open? Like what's going yeah. on in your state? But it is huge. And it's unfortunately, most of mine was alcohol driven. So it was a little easier to talk to somebody when you've had a few drinks. It's, so, very, it's very true. There's yeah. a reason why we have free drinks at wave events. <laughs> exactly. And then over time, you just get used to it. And I think the hardest part is, you know, having the confidence to know that you really know what you're talking about. Because that was always my fear when I first started, because I was in my early 20s, I probably didn't really even know what I was talking about. But I wanted to hear what other people had to say, mm -hmm. feeling like I was worthy enough to have a conversation with this person who has 12 stores and does all these awesome things and sells yeah. crazy amounts of spas. But I think if you're not working with the right people, they want to talk to you. They want yeah. to help you build your business. But yeah, it's something I'm super passionate about. Specifically, just it, the wave is huge. Like I know Melanie from the steering committee is also yeah. had spearheading and I had originally helped her with the Midwest chapter wave. And I think about that all the time too. I just walked up to Dan Lenz at a networking event and was just like, hey, work near each other and you're part of this Midwest board if you ever need help. And then the next thing you know, we were creating a Midwest wave and I was yeah. on the board of directors and it was like I was learning new things from new people. So having that confidence and just swallowing that fear, yeah. I think is huge. I think if I was to give one tip for networking is just ask questions. Just, just, Start off the conversation and just ask a bunch of questions. It can be about personal. It can be about work. Like just people like to talk about themselves. Yeah. We it's almost do, like we calling a hot tub. Yeah. And no, it is. Listen. But like exactly. when you're just listening and gathering that information, I think is there's a parallel there. Yeah. But yeah, I think one thing that could help people get out of those silos in those networking events is like, you need something to do, I think is like having some sort of a, yes. like, even if it's just like playing a silly game, like I know at the Midwest chapter wave first event we did where we were playing Jenga, but once the tower fell, I feel like we made people move to another one yes. person or two people move to another table and that helped. It wasn't yeah. perfect, but something to get people talking. So what I'm saying is when you see me in Vegas, I'm going to like just bring in like board games or something and be like, everybody's going to talk to <laughs> Well, I, we are, we're, we've been planning the next wave event for Vegas. And I literally just sent that email where I was like, okay, but let's give them something to do. <laughs> yeah, good. good. I was like, even, yeah, even, if it's, even if it's silly, like you yes. I think I, I tend to roll my eyes at that kind of stuff sometimes, but it does help. Actually, I went to an event and my business coach was like, okay, what's 
why are you going to this? What's the point? And I'm like, I just kind of, the more I'm out there in front of people, the better. And he's okay, but give yourself a goal. And yeah. And yeah. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to leave this event with at least three new like potential customers. And I left with more than that. Cause I just like, even walking into that little trade show room, knowing that I had like a goal that Mm -hmm. gets me to do it when I would otherwise Mm -hmm. just stand there with a drink and look for somebody I know and then right. get out of there and <laughs> be like, I was here. Yeah. 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 No, that is huge. Or like going in, that's like such good information for a networking event. Like going in thinking, I want to talk to somebody about service mm-hmm. or if, if that's like the part of your business, like the warranty thing, like we talked about, like, how am I going to execute? Like seeking that, like a couple people out that might be in that, that you know already and being like, who do you know here that might also mm-hmm. want to talk to me? But yeah, it, it takes a while, but I, as you build relationships, I feel that networking gets easier because you, everybody knows everybody. So then they're like, oh yeah, hey, meet, meet Megan or meet Mallory. Yes. yes. Yeah. And then, yeah, those connections at some point you can start being the connector of people, right? Yeah. And then yeah. that gets really fun because then you it get does. to start to see those relationships grow and see your friends become friends with your other friends. And it's just, I don't know. It's one rewarding. of the things that, yeah, it is rewarding. And it is one of the things that keeps people in this industry. And so it's something that I would, if you are, if you are just starting out or if you've been doing it for 50 years, still go out and make those friends. (laughs) Yeah. And seek out new people. Cause like you said, like everybody gets Mm -hmm. and talking to, and it's easy because you're like, wow, I haven't seen you since last year. Right. But inviting people into that conversation too, even like I know at the last Vegas show, there was a couple of people that I brought from Jane's team that I was like, hey, come talk to these people. And then other people joined that were like his age because mm-hmm. I'm like now the elder millennial and he's Gen Z. And I, it was enlightening because it's fun to hear what mm-hmm. new people have to say about the industry too, because he was like, this way thing, this is so cool. And I was like, yeah, it really is. Get involved. Yeah. Yeah. I'm by the sixth year that you're, you've done it. You're what is what this is what yeah. we do. It yeah. is what it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. then you bring in someone who's new and who's excited about it. And you're like, oh yeah, this is great. I forgot. We're awesome. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Mallory, thank you so much for coming on the podcast with me today. I really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. So everyone, if you are needing some sales training or some help with your operations, give Toolbox for Excellence a look. Like I said, it never hurts to have a second pair of eyes on your business. Thanks so much, Megan. I really appreciate it. This was so much fun. The Spa Retailer Podcast is a production of Spa Retailer Magazine. Let us know what you think by leaving a review or emailing us at podcast at spa retailer.com. Thanks for listening.